Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and I have with me Dan. Hey, Alex, good to be here again. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately not better circumstances with an opening day loss against Villa 3-1 in the end in that one, but there were promising displays or promising signs from the game. So um, I'll start with your thoughts on the game. What did you make of it? Um... I mean, obviously disappointed to lose 3-1, but I think last week I tipped a one all, and that was sort of me being fairly optimistic. Um, so it didn't didn't surprise me too much. Um, I was at work when it was when the game was being played, so I was trying to follow the scores. And as we were 50, 60 minutes in, sort of thing, it was still one all. I was I was feeling okay without actually knowing how the game was playing out, but. Um, yeah, it was disappointing to lose, but I watched. I got to see the highlights at a um, later point, and I think some players looked really good, um, and some got caught out. Uh, whether that was like a they just got caught out on the day, or whether they got caught out um, maybe at this level, I'm not sure. Um, I, we always seem to come back to to the David Marshall, but uh, he <laughs> a couple of a couple of mistakes, another couple of. Um, Errors from him. Um, uh, Devise, the new centre back. Um, I watched the yeah the the their equaliser. He was standing right next to the to Elphick and then took two meter ran two meters away from him towards no one watching the ball and and Elphick ran straight into the middle of the six yard box and headed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, in, so. I think Adkins was a little bit optimistic or a little bit positive when he sort of said that we lost the uh, aerial contest there. I don't really think there was an aerial contest. No, uh, there wasn't. There device. wasn't a lot of contest there. So, um, but so that was uh, I was a bit disappointed with with his performance. But in saying that, um, Evandro uh, was really good. Nice, um, one of those sort of opportunistic goals. But goals a goal. Do you reckon uh, he meant it? I, I mean, think, it's, hard, I mean he, it's hard to say, really. It was but... one of those. I don't like. I think he just sort of was in the position, and he just knew the goalkeeper was off his line, and he sort of just had a yeah. dig. It was like, it was, it was, it was lucky, but I, I think there was definitely intent there. Yeah. As with most of those sort of lucky goals, it's not many lucky goals that are like purely luck, where they don't actually mean to, or aren't intending to have some sort of a shot on goal, but. Um, no, Evandro, I think he looked good and he had some, um, apart from the goal, was involved in some good with some good interplay. Um, and if he stays fit, he's starting to really show. We've seen signs of it before, but he wasn't able to keep it together. If he can keep it together, he could be a real game changer for us. The, uh, um, the one player I haven't seen mentioned too much uh, for a, from a positive point of view, really, was uh, Fraser Campbell. Um, I, I was really surprised. I, honestly, like I'd said in preseason, I thought Dicko was going to start and, and lead the line for us. I didn't think Campbell necessarily had the legs in him anymore, but he really surprised me. I mean, that first half display, it was a couple of balls he played through for, for Bowen and um, uh, might have been one for uh, Kane as well. I'm not sure. There was I mean, one for Evandro that, that went back for, against, yeah. against the runner play and Evandro just didn't quite have the legs to get there. But yeah, he, he was playing some great balls and linking up really well. It's it's kind of frustrating that he's he's almost the perfect player to play with a two-striker system and whether we kind of roll the dice and put uh, Dicko and Campbell on as star- starters, I don't know. 
don't really have much depth beyond them, and, and I guess also Will Kane, but but certainly a good start to the season for him. Yeah, it was. Um, and I think the key, he made mention of it himself um, in some interviews in preseason. The, I think the key has been that he's actually had a preseason. He came in last year and I think he's he's about five or six kilos lighter or something ridiculous this year than he was at like the same time last season. Yeah. It's, um, so I think that's just being able to actually be with the team and, and have had the full preseasons um, done in the world of good. Bowen, I mean, we were talking, uh, we've been talking about just hoping that he can keep doing what he was doing last season. And I mean, so far, he um, looked like he's, he's still got the same endeavour and the same drive. Um, so that's good to see. Um, Todd Kane, for a player who's essentially playing out of position, was was great. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, a really surprising one. I didn't know he could play on the left. Yeah, and um, and Dan Batty getting the nod in the centre of the park, and did um did really well as well. So um, there's there's there was there was plenty of positives to take out of a defeat on on opening on the opening weekend, and that's the thing. It is only game one of what is it a forty six game season or something like. There's um. There's plenty of opportunity to to build and plenty of time to to um, get get the wins that we need. So and that's it. And I I think you know going in at half time, um, I was actually thinking that there were no negatives in the team. Um, one one at half time. Yeah, you say Device probably at fault for the goal that they got. Um, but in the first few minutes, he played a lovely through ball. I don't know if it made the highlights. He played a lovely through ball, pretty much onto the chest of um, I think it was Bowen or it might have been. Um, Evandro, I'm not too sure, but it was it was just the same as what he'd done in preseason against Newcastle, where he, he's shown that he's got a great ball on him, sort of in the in the same mould as, as a Dawson or a Maguire. So you take the good with the bad. He's a young kid, first game in, in a foreign country, um, first game with that back four, still learning the game. So you cut him a little bit of slack in that sense. Second half, yeah, Marshall really let himself down with that, that goal that um, El Mohamedy then scored. Um but there was a lot of positives in the team. Lehigh looked great at right back. Kingsley didn't look as bad as he had last season either. So so he was uh, quite promising as well. Milinkovic, when he came on, looked quite dangerous and looked quite promising. There were a couple of chances where Henriksen could have um, either gone the shot himself or uh, if he played a slightly better ball for, I think it was Milinkovic, then could have got it back to 3-2 late in the game as well. So I saw it commented, I think, before the Villa game, that it's a very young squad in the in, in general, apart from Lehigh, Marshall, and Campbell, I think, um, and Evandro. Um, so if we are going to have a good season, it's not going to be that we hit the ground running with three straight wins to the top of the table. Um, it's going to be more of the Millwall sort of season from last season, where they, they kind of started off as people probably expected them to do, um, and then they really grew into the season, and, and the squad really sort of um, gelled and, and got going. So, you know, as we speak, it's the final day of the transfer window over there. Hopefully we can bring in another striker, definitely. Um, maybe another wide player, I'm not sure. But other than that, and maybe a fullback, I don't know. Um, but other than that, the squad's actually looking pretty promising. There's a lot of potential there if the players can sort of gel and, and settle and, and really come together as a squad because um, it seems at the moment, Every season, we're kind of rotating half the starting eleven out of the out of the team, out of the club, really. So, if we can kind of keep this group together, whether it's this season or next season, hopefully there are some pretty decent signs there of, of things to come. 
Um, I guess the difficult decision to make for next game, and we'll talk about the upcoming games in a little bit, but the obvious comment or the obvious sort of um, opinion at the moment on the squad seems to be that Device and Marshall should be rotated out of the side. Um, I guess the question for you, Dan, would be, with the League Cup game coming up, that seems a better opportunity to me to sort of experiment with our, you know, with Long as keeper, as with, you know, McDonald potentially at centre-back. Would it make more sense, from your point of view, to maybe keep an unchanged lineup just to let the players get a bit more game time together and, and not kind of rip the confidence out of someone like a device straight away? Yeah, I think that would be that's the smarter move. Um, like as I just said before, like and we, it's just it's it's the first weekend. Like I don't think it's the time to panic. You know, we've Adkins has picked what he thinks on the weekend. What he thinks is the best eleven. Um, and as you've made mention, there's plenty of guys in there in that team who don't have a lot of experience in the championship. You need to give. We need to give them a little bit of time to get that experience and to settle into um, settle into this level of football and 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 settle in as a team. So I think I, I wouldn't expect to see any changes um, this weekend unless obviously something happened in training or, or whatever. But um, I I don't think um, I don't think there'd be many changes. Um, but in saying that, it's also how long does Adkins go if these players continue to make mistakes? So it is it is a bit of a balance, but I, I don't see any changes for this weekend. I think I agree with what what you said, that the cup tie against um, Sheffield Wednesday will be a... Um, oh, sorry, Sheffield United will be a uh, much better opportunity to, to make some changes. Yeah, and I think that's it. And I think if, um, if there's a couple of players who really stand out against United in the cup it's a lot less damaging to a player's mentality if you say, well, for instance, you know, Long was, you know, Long's had a blinder in goal against United in the cup. He'll come into the team for the next league game. Um, it's not necessarily dropping Marshall. It's promoting Long. It, I don't, yeah. I, don't know, I, I haven't played, obviously, at a professional level. I don't know if that really makes a difference to a player's mentality. But I would think, instead of saying to, say, Device, well, you know, you played against Villa, but you're not in the team against Wednesday because you had a shocking debut... I don't know what that does to him the next time he plays. But if you're instead saying, oh, you know, McDonald was great at centre-back, we're going to give him a go, it's a, just a little bit different for the player. Yeah, I think um, I think that's obviously one of the hardest things about, or would be one of the most difficult things about manage, about management, would be try, finding the best way to, essentially, to, to cut a player from the starting 11. Um, and I think you're right that being able to say, well, you know, whether it's Long or McDonald or whoever it is and say, well, they, you know, they basically, they played themselves, they played themselves into the starting 11 with their performance the other night. You know, I think that's a better way than saying you've played yourself out of a starting 11. Yeah, agreed. Um, so a term that you used earlier we'll use um, to sort of step into a broader discussion. You talked about no need to panic at this stage of the season and it is just one game gone. And I wanted to sort of talk to you about this um, mood or sentiment, I guess, that's been sort of spreading amongst City fans on, on social media in general, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, um, not to single out particular people or, or entities or whatever. It's just a sort of a general um, malaise, I guess you could say, amongst City supporters and a, and a real sense of worry already 
that we're basically doomed to relegation to League One. And um, I guess I wanted to get your take on, I mean, you've already sort of expressed it's, it's one game in a 46-game 40, season. Um, what your sort of message for supporters would be in terms of trying to stay positive or optimistic about the season? Because as we've touched on already, it does seem like it was quite a promising start to the game. Everything sort of dropped off in the second half, but I guess it's sort of important to some extent that the supporters stay positive. Yeah, um, I think it's... Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to sort of express, but I don't think um, I always, for everything that I've always been involved in, I've always just, it, I just always support 100%. Like it, I, I get frustrated as much as everyone else does with um, every with things, especially um, with what's going on behind the scenes um, at City with the Alums selling and not selling and not investing and blaming everyone and everything but themselves and all of that. But um, like I, I'm not got a great track record. I'm also a Gross Mariners fan, so I know what's <laughs> going like. You know, like they're club in strife as well. But for I, our for our UK listeners, the club that Mike Phelan's now um, involved with. Uh, yes, he's uh, just taken on the char or whatever uh, technical director role or something. I think. Running, um, but, uh, running Usain Bolt through his paces. Yeah, <laughs> let's not talk about that. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, everyone has is, is going to approach um, this situation with uh, their own experience and everything in mind, but I, I think the best thing that any of us can do is that we just need to rally as much as we can behind the club, and that doesn't necessarily mean that in doing that we are supporting the decisions that are being made by the club. I think it's more about saying to the players that have signed onto the club and saying, that we love this club. We don't necessarily love what's happening there. Um, and I think there's been the, some of the protests and the things that are happening in England, like there is a place for those. Um, absolutely. That, I mean, you need to make your message somehow. You need to get it out there. Um, and some of the demonstrations, um, I'm I'm happy to to agree with some of them. Maybe not so much, but um, I just I don't know. I think I think generally I, I would just say that we should just be supporting supporting the players and supporting the team, regardless of the background noise. Absolutely, and and there's obviously um, a range of factors in why people aren't able to go to games anymore. Um, it does seem that the game on the weekend was officially our lowest ever home attendance for a season opener, I, I think, since the KCOMs opened. Um, and of course, you know, there's all, there's, it's been well publicised, the lack of concessions for both um, senior senior members of, the, of society as well as uh, for junior members. Um, people just basically acting on principle and saying, well, if these people can't attend games, I want to attend games. And, and, you know, we're not sitting here condemning that at all. Um, I, as you say, there is there is that element of, of trying to support the team through everything. And um, you see some comments where people saying, well, you know, if you're supporting the team, you're sort of supporting the regime and everything that, that goes with it. And I, I do think that's slightly harsh and it's slightly unfair because, you know, one of our most famous chants and one of the chants that we've used in the protests is City Till We Die. And that sort of rings hollow if, if you're going to turn around and say, well, I'm, I'm city up until this point, and then 
I'm going to abandon the team. And, you know, we, we want the ownership to change as much as the next person. And I, I will be incredibly happy and incredibly excited when new owners walk through the doors. And that is, you know, with, with, a, with a slight hesitation, I say that because you do have to look at just, you know, what happened to Villa last season and how close they came to administration in the off season under this, you know, supposedly spectacular new owner. So, uh, you, you know, you look at Reading, who are owned now by the uh, brother and sister who were so close to taking us over, um, and they're not suddenly, you know, challenging for promotion and, and having all these wonderful things happen to them. So, that, you might you know, only even have to go a few years back into City's history to when the Alums saved whole City from well, their exactly. financial issues. Exactly, and, and we, were, every, we were over the moon when they came every, in. Everyone was very supportive um, when that when that first happened, and they took us. I mean, they took us to the Premier League. So let's not forget that they have done some things with the club. But obviously, the last few seasons, I'm not going to disagree with the vast majority that um, yeah. decision making's been self-serving. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, and so I think that's sort of the point that we're at, which is we want the Alums to sell the club, but we do want it to go to a good home, as you know, to use their own words, really. And it is good to see. I mean, with a touch of cynicism, we look at the fact that there's an article out today that um, the is it the honorary vice president of the club is out looking for new owners, and he was the one who got the club in touch with uh, prospective Chinese owners a little while ago. So we do look look on that with optimism, um, with a dose of cynicism about the timing of it, with the uh, window coming up to the you know closing today and the uh, lower tenants figure that got announced. Um, so. I mean, look, it's a, it's a really difficult topic. We were sort of talking before we started recording about how difficult it is because you can't sit here and condemn anyone for their decisions and their um, the way that they want to support the club. So that's not what we're doing. It's just a very interesting topic and really seems to be on the forefront of everyone's minds at the moment, particularly after the result, particularly after the crowd number, um, the transfer negotiations, all those sorts of things. Everyone's quite focused on... Um, you know, where the club is going um, and sort of what can be done to improve things. Um, so it's a it's a really tough one. And um, I, I, I don't know what the answer is, really. I think we, we don't really know what the answer is and there's nothing that can really be done unless, like I was sort of saying to you the other day, look, unless one of us sorts of, sort of, you know, buys the club from the owners, there's nothing practical that we can really do other than again and again and again make the point known that we want them to leave. So, you know, up to a point you do that before you realise perhaps you're just yelling at a brick wall and then you either, whether it's you're watching the games from home on TV, I mean, which is what we do. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. But if you're still connected to the team, if you're still supporting the team, I, I, I just feel like that's the main thing. Yeah, I, would, I completely agree. As I said, like, there's... <laughs> You can't do anything. We really can't do anything except for support the team. And if if we're the supporters, then that's our job, pretty much. So. And um, and some unfortunate news that I've just been seeing in the last few minutes. It looks like Cardiff are uh, trying to uh, buy Marcus Henriksen, which would be an interesting one. It looks like we're valuing him at six million pounds. So I guess it'll be an interesting start to the transfer window deadline day. If that were to happen, it would be a bit unfortunate given he's just been named captain. Um. But uh, who knows, you know, expect the unexpected, I guess, at this stage of the window, um, especially when City's concerned. Um, but we'll 
look ahead now to the two games we've got coming up against both Sheffield clubs. We've got Wednesday on the weekend in the league and then United uh, midweek next week on the Wednesday in the Cup. I think the Wednesday game is the uh, first uh, game to be shown on Tigers TV, which will be exciting for us here in Australia. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it all goes off without a hitch. Um, Wednesday are another club that you could look at and say, well, they've had a really tumultuous off-season. So we've sort of of started with a grand tour of them with... um, Villa in the first game and now Wednesday. Um, they lost to Wigan in the first game. They were really sort of battered by Wigan by, uh, by all extent, uh, by all reports. And um, and they've got a few off-season, off-pitch off issues as well with um, players being investigated for brawls, transfer embargo, all sorts of things. So it's uh, it's an interesting game from that perspective that it's quite hard to, to pick which team's coming in in worse shape, really. Yeah, um, some of this I've um, I only I mean I haven't really followed too much of the uh, the news from the championship as a whole and the other and what's going on with the other clubs. So it's uh it was quite an interesting uh, little note that I when I was reading up on on that um, for tonight. So um, yeah, I think uh, I mean you always every time you come up against a team that is down you're always looking at as an opportunity for you to be able to, for us to be able to move in the right um direction we just have to be mindful that you know uh you got to be you know don't want to these are the these are the games that can really um trip you up if you're not uh if you don't go in giving wednesday the respect that they do deserve yeah, so it'll be an interesting one because they've still got a strong team and that's the um, interesting thing out of this is that they've got this transfer embargo but because of that, you would expect, well, they might have a fire sale, they'll sell players to raise funds but it seems as if in the in the off-season a lot of clubs have been um, low-balling them off as thinking that they'll get desperate and get a bargain um, but they've still got basically all of their team that, that really um, took them to the playoff final a couple of years ago against us so they've still got Forestieri and couple of others like that so it's a really dangerous team and um, not a game that we can really go into just sort of expecting to walk over them especially um, away at their place Uh, we've already sort of touched on the fact that we probably wouldn't make any changes to the team I mean if I was if I was to to look at the side and and make any sorts of positive changes I mean not not really dropping anyone from um, a lack of effort potentially you bring Milinkovic in for a start but Again, it's a really tough one because I don't know what you do with Kane in that case. Whether you put Kane at left back, I don't know if he can play there. But if he could, that might be the only change I'd make. It would just be it'd be good to get a few more attacking players on the pitch, and especially from the new bunch of players to kind of give them a bit more of a run with the team. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it just depends on um, where, say, for if you use Milinkovic as an example, where where his fitness is up to and whether that's the reason that he hasn't started um, or didn't start on the weekend. If that's the case, if he's if he's deemed fit enough to start, is despite how well Kane is playing, is it preferential to have a natural left winger in that position? And I'd say it probably is. And I think Kane has been doing, has done, did an outstanding job there on the weekend. But I think um, Milinkovic being a naturally attacking player um, is going to bring a little bit more um, to us in that dimension of the pitch. And do you have a score prediction for this one? 
Oh, I haven't even haven't even thought about it. But I'll be optimistic. I'll go for a one nil, one nil to City. Well, I got my tip right last week. Almost got the score prediction right. In fact, I went with a two-one Villa win. It was three-one in the end. Um, I, I might go with a one-one draw in this one. I feel like we had a fair few one-one draws over the uh, preseason, so it seems our favourite scoreline at the moment. Um, I reckon we can get something out of this, and and you might be right. We might be able to take all three points. Um, at the moment, I'm a little bit pessimistic about our chances of keeping a clean sheet, but uh, who knows? One-one or one-nil would be certainly a, a decent point or three points away from home to sort of kick things off um and then we play the other Sheffield club uh during the week in the league cup and I mean I say this every year but I can never not be excited about the cups I always love a good cup run and I think that stems from the FA cup run in well back in 08 09 and then also in 13 14 so I whether it's the league cup or, or the FA cup league cup semi-finals a couple of years ago as well so it, it's always fun to go on a bit of a run and you never know, you get to the third, fourth round, suddenly you draw a you know, Liverpool or, or even a Newcastle or someone like that just to get you know, a bit of a taste of the Premier League back is, is always a bit of fun. So I, I hope we take it seriously. Um, Sheffield United have kind of had a bit of a surprising start. They had their loss to uh, Swansea on the opening day, which I guess you wouldn't be too surprised at. But then a 3-0 loss to Borough is, you know, a loss necessarily isn't, unexpected but to lose 3-0 is is a pretty poor way to start with um two losses already on the board so potentially a chance there to to really sort of um give a bit of rotation give the kids a bit of a chance but still really um make our mark on them yeah i um i i've all i'm always a fan of the cup games i think like there, you got a squad. You, like, you can only play eleven players, and you got a twenty what four man squad or whatever it is. Like they, they, they're footballers. They need to play to, and it's hard to get them all in, like every week or through the season and stuff. So through the league, the league. So the cups are great, and I um, you should take every take every game as it comes, but take every game as serious as you, as you can or you need to. So um, I think um. It's a good opportunity to, as you say, give some of the um, some other players their opportunity, some of the other new um, new players, or um, some of the players that maybe have just like Evan right Stewart, on, perhaps as well. Yeah, some some of those guys that maybe are right on the edge of of that first eleven, but can't quite crack, or and even some of um, those young kids that have uh, either just are on their first contracts and stuff. I think. Um, Someone like uh, Brandon Fleming potentially yeah, yeah, yeah. may may um, come in. He's a promising young left back. I think that they've. We seem to keep turning out left backs at the moment. Yeah, the last we've, few we've, couple of prospects have been left backs. Yeah, we've had a few of them over the last couple of years. So, um, but there's a couple of guys there um, that are in and around the squad that are on their. I think yeah, you know that first professional contract and. And in with the big boys now, so I think some of those should get a um, will probably get a run. Um, and long, long will will almost definitely start in goal. Um, I think you'll probably see you you'll see McDonald come in. I don't know whether they'll bring in um, whether they'll change the backline completely. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure on what 
the options are across that back line. Um, but you're right, someone like Stewart will probably come into the midfield. Um, you got, I think, Keane may Ir- start. Yeah, and um, up top. might be um, fit by them oh, yeah. as well to if have Irvine's a go. If over his, over um, his bug. Over his he, was illness, on a... he might get a chance mm. in midfield. And Grzycki even, if he's still, if you know, by the end yeah, of the day, he's still if... with us. Well, that's the thing. If he, I mean, he's he missed a lot of preseason. That's the only yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, it's not that long ago that he was. I mean, he played at the World Cup, so that's why sort of he he missed our preseason because he was still playing only when was the World Cup a month ago. <laughs> you yeah, know, like pretty quickly. Um, so I think he's he's definitely got to be in contention to to get some game time in that cup match if he's um if he's deemed fit enough if he um lasts until I think it's two a.m. for us the this morning uh, in the morning or something the window closes I think so yeah normally yeah, so. normally it finishes at what midnight their time so we yeah. uh, we get the last few hours in our morning but um yeah it closes it's... at five p.m. so that's two a.m. our time so we'll wake yeah. up and hopefully still have a few decent players. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we haven't cleared house just just yet. Um, yeah, but I think I think both these games um, that we've got in the, the coming week, um, we can we can we can get both wins. Whether we do this is another story. But I think um, I'm I'm confident that we can with a. Nice run of a few games now. We'll start to um, start to build into. We'll start to see what the squad that we've that Adkins has assembled is is really capable of. Absolutely, It'll be very interesting. Um, so, what's, do you have a score prediction for this one? Oh, oh it's a, I should have gone one nil in the cup and done something else in the other one, but I don't know. I oh, I, I want us to win, but I just don't. No. Does the League Cup have replays? Um, oh, that's a good question, actually. I know that they've <laughs> traditionally had penalty shootouts, so I think I think it's still penalty shootouts. I, I, oh, okay. I have a feeling uh, one of the Cups has changed something around. I, I lose track of whether or not there's replays yeah. or those things, but I, I'm, I'm almost positive this one would go to penalties. Oh, okay. Um, then I have to pick that's... a result. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I have a feeling it would go to penalties, so I don't know if that's enough of a result, but... Um, Hey, what better way to introduce yourself as um, as Kevin Long than um, or is it Ke- oh gosh, I should probably get his name right, shouldn't I? Uh, George, George Long. Long. <laughs> yes, that's right, not Kevin Long. Uh, well, that's even more reason to introduce yourself, so I know your name properly. But um, if he could win us a penalty shootout on on debut, it would be pretty impressive. It certainly would. Everyone loves everyone loves a keeper who can save penalties. So yeah, well, um, that's how that's how Yak really uh, redeemed his reputation with us, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of magic, but, um, and I think that's the thing with the cup. You always, you always find a little bit of magic in the cup. There's always magic in the cup, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Dan. Not a problem. And thank you everyone for listening in. Hopefully, we can have a bit more of a positive week this week with a couple of wins. And until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black.
There's no turning back, cause you're out.